Welcome to the New Mexico News Podcast, headlines and stories from the land of enchantment. Brought to you by KRQE. Here's Chris McKee and Gabrielle Burkhart. what you'd call a rare moment for one of New Mexico's premier sports teams, but you can definitely say this hasn't happened in a while. Now, to be clear, the Lobos have a lot of loyal, dedicated fans, and there's always excitement around coaches, recruits, and a slew of other things. But for many people, this season is the first time in eight seasons that the University of New Mexico Lobo men's basketball team is generating a lot of excitement for how well they're playing on the court, not just in New Mexico, but they've gotten a lot of national recognition too. So as of the day we're recording this, January 5th, they've played some games since then, but as of January 5th, the Lobo men have opened the 2022-23 season with 14 wins and just one loss, that being their January 3rd game against Fresno State. Now, even with that loss, the Lobos can claim that they were the last undefeated team in the country this season. That is not a simple feat to overlook. And to that end, this season has not been lost on the fans. The team's success has also helped pack the pit game after game this season. And this week on the podcast, we want to take a closer look at the Lobos, not just how they're doing this season, but what this means for Albuquerque and New Mexico. So we're joined by two experts this week with years and years of experience covering the Lobos. We have KRQE Sports Director Van Tate and Sports Anchor Reporter Jared Chester here with us. Thanks for joining us on the podcast, guys. Thank you all yeah, for having thanks us. Thanks for having us. This is awesome. Yeah, New Mexico News Podcast. We're, we're parking the news slightly, <laughs> inserting the sports angle a little bit this week, but it's still very newsy in that sense because it's something, as we talked about, so many people are paying attention to. We mentioned that both of you have years of experience covering the Lobos, but so Van and Jared want to ask you both, just how much experience do you each have? We'll start with you, Van. Well, when you get to the month of June, about two weeks in, it's going to be 30 years of experience wow. covering the Lobos. Wow. So, um, and like the commercial, I've seen a few things. That's <laughs> <laughs> so, right. Yeah. Jared? Yeah. So um, coming up on eight years working at KRQE, but overall, you know, I grew up here, so I've been a Lobo fan most of my life. So you guys, yeah, have seen these teams different iterations of these teams for years. I want to talk about this season, though, to start. What is happening? The Lobos have this newer coach, Richard Patino. He's the son of basketball coaching legend Rick Patino. But our team and our recruits are going to know that that's the number one goal in mind is to win championships. And every single day we wake up, we're going to do that for the unbelievable state of New Mexico, these unbelievable fans. This is a special place, and I can't wait to get started. So thank you all so much. Richard is in the second year right now of coaching this Lobo men's basketball team. The team is really good. So how do you guys define it so far this year? What's happening? Well, what's happening is you're seeing a kid become a man who, uh, I'm talking about Richard, who's uh, 
of course he's been a man for a while now he's 38 right, years right. old but but um you seeing somebody who was raised around basketball and it was championship basketball with his dad rick and and uh this is only his second year but he was able to um make some good decisions with the transfer portal lobos didn't have a front court last year me and jared suffered through that <laughs> i know they were having a rough time but but you know you add somebody like morris udeze and josiah alec in the front court with the backcourt that was coming back of two NBA players' sons and Jamal Mashburn Jr. and uh, Jalen House. And all of that together with the other pieces that they have, it's is made a, a great dynamic. You know, you can throw uh, K.J. Jenkins in there, too, because I like to call him the alpha dog. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think it's just fun for fans to watch. I mean, this is an exciting team to definitely watch play. And, I mean, that backcourt is definitely one of the best in the country with Jamal Mashburn and Jalen House. I mean, they're fun to watch, and I think that's really resonating with the fans. And, obviously, when you're winning, fans are going to come out and watch, and that's definitely the case. Yeah, and there's something to be said about having fun on the court bringing so much success as well. These guys really having fun out there. Yeah, and, and they look like they're having fun. I mean, you know, uh, Jared's at uh, the game for a long time. Uh, I have to always come back and, and do the show, but he can, he can tell you they, they're having fun from tip to the end. And the fans responded because it's energy. Uh, me and Jared both coming from athletic backgrounds. When the fans are into it, you're into it, but you know, like you can tune them out because you're so focused on what you're doing, whether you're away or at home playing. But when it's a loud energy like that, you feel that. You feel it. And you talk to the fans, I mean, to the players, which we do. And, you know, the pit is like their sixth man. It really is. Mm -hmm. I mean, you hear that in sports a lot, but the pit is, it gets loud. It gets really, really loud. And I mean, it definitely affects the opposing team. And I think. They're a part of the team just as much as the players are. And that's the thing with the pit and the fans and what makes Lobo basketball so special. Jared, you remember when Alfred was here, right? How uh, yeah. you and those guys were saying they were nervous yeah. because they didn't want to let the fans down. They, mm. There was pressure because of the fans. So Yeah. You guys, you kind of already talked a little bit about this, but when you're out there covering games, what are you seeing from this team that makes them so good right now, you think? Like, is it a player, a couple of players, the coach? Keep in mind, we're, we might be explaining this to part of an audience that doesn't always watch the games. They have a, a good coach and they have a lot of depth on that team. Like if you look at that team, uh, there's pieces on the team where they they don't really fall off. Like uh, the last few years before Patino got here, when the Lobos were suffering through some tough seasons, it was like, what, what five guys deep yeah. at the most, five or six guys. I'm going to say seven. Remember, because that's all they would play, but about seven guys deep. And when you don't have any depth, you can't the, – the time that's going on that clock and, and the wear and tear on the, on the court, you can't keep up with the other team if you don't have any depth. So they, they do have that. And, and like I said, the, the name Patino, that's, that's synonymous with basketball. So – for sure, yeah. And I mean, you just see it. Chemistry is huge. That's big in any sport. And this team definitely has a lot of chemistry. And you talk to the players, they say that. That's the big thing that's going to keep them going. They, It's a family and they want to win for their family. So I think that's a big part of it as well. And of course, yeah, Patino. He's, he's definitely a good coach. This is going to be a process. And we talked about rebuilding the program as well as rebuilding this fan base. And obviously they brought it tonight. They brought it. Uh, One of the most notable so, games from this season so far has been against Iona. That's a small school just north of Manhattan in New York State. That game saw the father-son rivalry with the Lobos right. and Richard Pitino facing his dad's team. Van, you were inside the pit for that one. What was the atmosphere like and what did you see out of the team? 
It was crazy. I mean, it, what it did, it reminded me of those old pit games. And I, I think for you too, huh, Jared, yep. like the, the old pit games where you could feel like the energy and, um, and, and, and the fans were just engaged in the game just as much as the players, which made it fun. If they get crowds like this every game, it'll be tough to beat. I'm on the bench and I could feel the, you know, the crowd in my heart. I could feel it in my chest. I could feel everything on the ground. It's shaking, so. And this is what it should be like here in Albuquerque. Bring the heat. And then you got the father-son component uh, along with it. And you have good players. And, and, it, and it's always fun when there's good players on the team that you're covering. Because I've seen it the other way too. When yeah. when, when when you have when you're just oh we're gonna get crushed you know and, and yeah. here's the energy but that's not gonna last because the team <laughs> keeps going into the hole you know yeah, yeah. you've seen that Jerry. yeah you know definitely I'm about. I, w- I will say that game definitely kind of rejuvenated the fan base I mean it was huge it was a great I mean just having the great Rick Pitino in the pit was huge because he is a legend of of the sport and probably one of the best college coaches of all time. And I think that the fans really enjoyed seeing that. And then obviously getting the dub, that was big. Getting the win was big. Was yeah. there a moment from that game particularly that stands out to you? I just think, I, Van already touched on, I just think just the pit being the pit again was really what resonated with me is just how loud. Because once you've been in the pit and you've experienced the pit, it's something that will always stay with you. And it's been a while since it's yeah. been the pit, you know, where it's been loud. And I think that's when it really felt like, you know what, it's back. Yeah, I agree with that. I was going to say in the lead up to that game, there had been a lot of marketing towards the uh, Aggie uh, Lobos game, which was trying to uh, go for that sellout crowd, that first yeah, sellout crowd yeah. for a while. We all know that that game got postponed because of things that happened off the court um, related to the Aggie basketball team. Good evening. The University of New Mexico and New Mexico State University's men's basketball teams will not be facing off this season. The decision comes after a shooting on UNM's campus this weekend. No rivalry game this year. Officials say it was a joint decision between the two schools. But I digress. How remarkable is it for this team to have won its first 14 games of this season? Because we also know that most of them are non-conference mm-hmm, games. Yeah. And, and a lot of times in the non-conference, you may get some really tough team from some part of the country they don't normally play. And then you may get, you know, some softer team, so to speak. But yeah. how, how remarkable is it for this team to have won these first 14 games of the season? Well, to tell you, to give you an idea, 1967, they won 17 and they went 17 and oh, so it's been that long since the team has even gotten this far with the 14 wins. Uh, without any losses. And so it's significant that they were able to do that. And uh, no matter who's on the schedule, that takes some concentration. And, yeah. you know, like, I think both of us had a bad feeling about Fresno State, right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> that road game, it's tough. But like you said in the beginning of the podcast, I mean, they were the last remaining undefeated yeah. team, and that's national exposure, yep. yeah. which is big for this program. Yeah, with this season opening up again, 14 wins, one loss to Fresno State as of this recording. They're really just starting their conference games. As of this point, they have 16 left. What do you project for the rest of the season? Are there still a lot of questions about the team and if they can keep it up, you think? Well, and I think Jared would agree with me on this. One thing they've shown me is they know how to close. Mm. Uh, the Fresno State game, it was just for some reason when they took those last few shots, when they, they still had chances, they put themselves like they always do in a, in a position where they can win. They know how to close. And you can uh, you can say they maybe were tired because the other game took a lot out of them. They won by a point. 
you could say that, or you could say that that is just it just caught up with them. But they do know how to close, and and, and it's not an accident. Like when what San Francisco when they went on the eight nothing run, and then they come back against St. Mary's. So the team knows how to close. So I think we'll see some success in conference play. But conference play is always hard. The Mountain West is is a good conference, and there's going to be this these all these games are going to be hard fought. And so, so I guess you could say the whole the rest of the schedule is a 50-50 ball. Yeah, I would totally agree with Van on that. I will add, though, that I think this team has the ability to adjust. Just like if someone's packing the paint, you know, Morris Udesi isn't able to get buckets. They can dish it out to the outside. They got guys that can shoot. So that ability to adjust and finish is definitely could help them down the stretch, I think. Yeah, I think that's a, a really good point. As a basketball fan, I watch a lot more NBA, but those are a lot of the things that you hear is, is the ability to adjust when a team has kind of figured yeah. out your yeah. strategy and, uh, and closing out games are very, very important elements to the game that sometimes are a little understated. So we've talked about this year's excitement, but it has not always been like this for the Lobos as of recent. So we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to take a deeper look at the significance of this Lobo team's rise after years on the backslide. How much fun has this ride been, Coach? Uh, A lot of fun. A lot of fun. Um, you know, it's, it's as I said before, like the reason why I came here is the fans. Uh, I, you can just tell that the community cares about basketball. We talked about this a bit earlier, but the atmosphere inside the pit, it's clear. This is one of the most memorable things about basketball in Albuquerque. It gets loud when it's packed. And this is the first time we've really seen this in eight seasons. Can you guys describe what have the Lobos been through over the last decade here? What's the team's arc and maybe how have fans responded? Well, they've been through a lot. Um, When Alford did not come back, I think the wheels started falling off just a little bit there. Um, uh, Coach Neal um, didn't have the same command with the players that Alford did. Um, There was a little dynamic of father-son ball going on too. And that's never good unless it's, you know, it's got to be seen through a good perspective. So, yeah. And that was Craig Neal and Colin Neal. Right? Yeah. And Colin, Colin Neal. and Colin, um, you know, he, he, um, I'm sure that's hard for both of them. Right. To have that dynamic. And I, and I think some of the players would, you know, players don't respond well to some of that. It, it has to be done in a certain way because I've been, I've been around that before and I'm saying, I'm, I'm saying less than what, I'm not going to volunteer any information. I'm just going to say <laughs> that that wasn't wasn't a smooth situation, and so they had that, and they had to coach Weir come through, and um, and it just those were just some lean years. Fans weren't used to that. After I mean, they're coming off of this high, where how many what five five or six Mountain West championships, and you know at one point it was just the Lobos and San Diego State had all the basketball championships, and so you're coming off of that high and you're going into this valley. You know, you've, you've been up really high like that and you're coming down. And I think the fans responded to that and, and um, stopped coming. But this is a new day and age. 
fans, it's it's hard to get fans to come no matter what, no matter what sport. It's just, it's different. Don't that's, you agree with yeah, that? That's, that's for true. sure. Post-COVID definitely has definitely changed a lot of things. But I have people always ask me too, is this fan base just really starving for a good team? And I, I kind of do believe that. But I also think that they were just lying and waiting. They were waiting because you would see sparks of fans coming out for the New Mexico State game. Or I even think back right. to when they beat Nevada. That was a couple years back. That Like fans do show up. But now that they're winning, it's definitely they're back, you know? Yeah. And I think it's also different too, because I mean, I grew up in Texas where you have a lot of pro teams yeah. and New Mexico is not like that. Right. So we've got, Go we've got you and I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm no. from Texas. We got the pros. <laughs> well, well, it's, <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, I grew up going to Rangers games and <laughs> you know, but sorry. it's like, it's a different culture. I'm just trying to say, you know, like we don't yeah. have that built right. in this sports is the pro team. fan. This is yeah. The team. yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is who people will rally around. So I get that. Yeah. We've seen a lot of the semi-pro teams, Van, you've seen them come home, go over the last oh, 30 yeah. years. There's been a, a slew of uh, different little animals and critters that have been yeah. <laughs> named after teams throughout the state. Yeah. So, but this Lobo Lobos have always been a consistency. So yeah, a lot to be said about that. This being the pro team, so to speak. Steve Alford in the beginning of Craig Neal's time as head coach, that was certainly, I think one of the last times people had that sort of just automatic enthusiasm about Lobo basketball. Um, and I wanted to ask about that enthusiasm and sort of what it means for Albuquerque, what it means for New Mexico, um, you know, very much along the lines of this being the pro team. What do you think this means for this state to have that sort of Lobo enthusiasm when it's as sort of ripe as it is right now? It's, I think it's extremely important, you know, because if you don't have, uh, me and Jared, we talked about this, uh, we talked about this during our football show, like you have little towns like Artesia and stuff like that, and you see how the fans come out. And of course that's gonna affect the way the team plays. That's why they're so successful. So I think to have the enthusiasm and if they get can get it back to where it's 100%, I think that's huge. I mean, you can even go back to when Lobo football, when Rocky Long was the head coach, you know, you, you had one time you're averaging 36,000 people coming to the game. And uh, there was one game where they couldn't even get everybody in. So, so, you know, that, and, and what was happening? They were winning. Yep. Exactly. Winning is everything. But if you look at it, this city, this town, this, I guess this state, it is a basketball state. Mm -hmm. People definitely love their basketball in New Mexico. And the pit is one of the greatest college basketball arenas in the country, and it has been. So I think they it's something they could tip their cap on, that, that or hang their hat on, I should say, is that, you know what, this is basketball. The pit is the pit, and you know what, that's what fans want to see is the Lobos be successful. But I also feel like, and maybe this is just the more emotional side of sports, but sports is one of those things that unifies people, right? right like in a, in a time mm -hmm. that a lot of people are so divided over things. And I feel like this is one of the things that can unify people, not just speak to how well they're playing when the fans show up, but how do you think that stretches outside of the pit into the community? As far as unifying the community? Yeah. And the, and just the enthusiasm around the team right now. Well, I think it, it, it stretches into the community because you, you have people from all different kind of backgrounds and they yeah. can be sitting next to each other. We see that all the time. And, mm -hmm. and you know, and then and, and, and the local fans travel pretty well, especially when it comes to Las Vegas. And so and there's something unifying about all these different people getting together. And the one thing they have in common is the Lobos. So I think it, I think it stretches pretty far. 
It does. And I mean, it's it. I mean, I've talked to multiple fans. It's just, you know, this is this is something that they're just not cheering for. It's their family. It's their grandparents. It's their grandparents. So it goes over generations. So it not only brings these fans together, but it brings their families together. And it's just it's a lot more than basketball. I mean, that's what's really cool about this fan base here in New Mexico in Albuquerque is that these Lobo fans just truly do love with all their heart Lobo basketball. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to add to that. You got people taking their vacation time so they could be at the Mountain West tournament. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, they've, they're spending that money so they could be there for Vegas. So so that, what Jared touched on about it going back generations, there's your proof. Yeah. I just think it's cool to see so many like people on my timeline or even, you know, the water cooler, like talking about mm-hmm. something that mm-hmm. excites them rather than like, Ugh, I'm so mad about you know, <laughs> this other thing I saw in the news. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think that's another plus. Yeah, for sure. In, in some semblance, it's kind of like uh, the escapism of a movie, you know, it's, it's that you can think about something else and, and a lot less of the uh, pressures of daily life. And then plus, you know, you're also seeing, a lot of times the kids on these teams being really successful at stuff that, you know, um, they may not have come from a, a really great background all the time. That's not to say every kid is like that, but you know, you see these sort of accomplishments as well that some of these kids on these teams have where it's like the lead up in their life has been maybe a struggle. Yeah. And, 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 and sports is always a, a great vehicle to, um, to get ahead in a different spot in your life just because, because of your talents. And it reminds me of scripture, you know, like uh, when, when, uh, the one guy who buried the talent, the, the, uh, he had been given something, he buried it. And the other guy went out and used it to, to advance other things. And he was blessed more instead of the guy who just sat on top of it. You know, you got people sharing their talents with everybody else. And, and, uh, and they get blessed for it. You know, they get an opportunity to maybe improve their life because you don't know what somebody's going through. You don't know their struggles. And that's the cool thing about sports, though. You meet all these different people. Like, uh, and, and we talk about this too all the time, Jared, how you can be in a locker room. The guy next to you, he might be come from a, all kind of means. The guy on the other side might be a guy who had to struggle and all that. So you got all these different people, one common goal, trying to win. Yeah. And athletics, they just teach you so many life lessons, which is great. And then, I mean, obviously you see players go on and play in the NBA. You got the Tony Snells who's had a great career. And then, but you also, what I think is cool is even Kenny Thomas, he's an NBA guy, but you know what? He always comes back to Albuquerque. These players always have Albuquerque because you know what? These fans will always almost idolize them, but remember them. And I think that is always cool too, that you'll, I mean, I've seen Philip McDonald. He has a job here in town. I mean, these former Lobos, um, are, you know, making careers and Albuquerque is almost like their home base now, which is really cool. Yeah, that's cool. Van, you mentioned that you're nearly three decades deep in covering Lobo basketball. Do you have a favorite moment of the past that sticks with you? Man, there's been so many of them. I know. <laughs> there's, there's been so many of them. Even when I was getting ready to cover them, I was an intern. I was at that game when uh, Arizona was number one in the country and the Lobos beat them. That was what, in 88? That was like my first big Lobo experience. Uh, Sean Elliott playing on Arizona. Uh, they, they had all kind of stars on that team. And, um, but, but there's so many games that stand out. I was talking to somebody just very recently about one moment that really stands out. It's still a, and, and it's the real grand rivalry, Lobos and Aggies. Yeah. And I think Jared knows where I'm going with this one. Uh, 
Clayton Shields, you know, and young in his Lobo career at the free throw line, missed a couple of free throws. Uh, oh, no, and then he fouled a guy. Is that right? Clayton fouled a guy. But anyway, the Aggies were at the free throw line with the one-point lead, and they could, they could you know, ice this thing away. The low, it was just seconds left. Guy misses the free throw. Clayton Shield heaves it from where he's at. It goes in, and the Lobos win. The Los Cruces. I'll never forget that game. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I'll never forget that because people think that's like the shot heard around the the world in this rivalry. Yeah. And uh, but there's so many times like that. There's Charles Smith knocking down three free throws in overtime. If he misses one, the game's over. They go to triple overtime. Lobos beat Fresno State, and that's when Jerry Tarkanian was the coach at Fresno State. And I, you know, there's just so many memories of. I mean, I, I could the Dave Bliss years were unbelievable because those Lobos, you just knew they were going to the tournament and they always won a game in the tournament. Now they didn't get to the tournament and lose. They always won a game. They just couldn't win that second one. And I remember how close they came. The ball swirled around the rim and came out. Mm. That ball goes down. Lobos in the sweet 16. I just remember just falling down. Yeah. <laughs> it was like my legs, my Dude. legs came out from under me. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, that's Jared, awesome. you got a, a Lobo moment as well? I mean, just even just growing up as a kid and going to Lobo games. I mean, I just remember that very fondly and the power of the pit and just that feeling it would give you. I mean, when I was in college, liked watching. I think it was the the second Mount West championship tournament championship that Alford won in 13 that was a great run that was a great run I really love that one and then here more recently when they beat Nevada ranked Nevada in the pit that was awesome that was that's a great memory too and and there's been some global teams that weren't maybe um that surprised you too like when Richie McKay was here and he had uh Danny Granger and Troy DeVries and Troy DeVries could shoot threes like insane he just the guy just was a bucket and Danny Granger just willed those guys to victory in the um, uh, Mountain West Tournament Championship. I just I remember that. I remember uh, the Lobos uh, having a team that was so good. Uh, Royce Olney, they beat Utah. Utah had Keith Van Horn and Andre Miller. We talked about really good NBA players yeah. off of this Utah team. And Michael Doliak, well, the Lobos had theirs too. They had Charles Smith, you know, and, they, they, and Kenny Thomas. They had, I mean, you just saw some battles. And all these guys had successful careers. And it just... It's been a good ride. Yeah, for <laughs> sure, know? for sure. A comparison question for you guys to wrap things up. Where does this team, that is still very much in progress of the 22-23 season, uh, where does this Lobo team rank when you sort of compare them to the teams of the past? Or maybe where do you see them going potentially? Because, again, I know there's a lot of basketball left on this season. That's tough to do. I mean, yeah. that is tough to do. <laughs> but I do have a lot. Uh, I really do think this team is going to finish the season strong. I think they will be good. Like I said, under Richard Patino. I mean, he's just got so much knowledge just from his father. I mean, he is a great coach. And like we did talk earlier, they, you know, they have the ability to finish and adjust. I honestly could see them being up there with the Alford teams. I, I, I could see them potentially, you know, winning a Mountain West Tournament title. I think I could see that. Yeah. I'm going to say I got to see more of their body of work. Yeah. Because if I'm going to rank the teams that I've seen play in the eras that were here, that when Bliss was here, those teams, that's going to be number one. Yeah. I remember talking to Darrington Hobson, who was playing for Alford, and I said, man, those Bliss teams will beat you guys eight out of ten times. (laughs) (laughs) He was was going, oh, man, you think so? I said, no, I I know so. Oh, man, (laughs) man, tell him like it is. (laughs) Oh, yeah, those those teams, I would say Bliss and then Alford's time here, 
And uh, before that, I, you know, I wasn't here for Ellenberger. I was still a kid growing up in Chicago before Ellenberger's time. I hadn't come to New Mexico and Hobbs yet. And uh, so I don't know what those teams are like, but everybody tells me a lot of stuff about them. And I'm, I'm, I know a lot of those guys who played on that, those teams. I, one guy in particular, Marvin Johnson, is a good friend of mine. And so I know those teams were good, but I would, it, it, what my eyes have seen, I would say Bliss's time, Alfred's time, and then the question mark on, on Patino. Could he, he could pass them all for all I know. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, he has the potential. That's yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, they got good yeah. potential for them to come out like come out the gate like this, and it's only his second year. Second so, year. Yeah. so we have to see what happens, you know, because uh, uh, if it, it's it's not enough yet, because you could go back to when uh, Weir first got here and and uh, think that uh, oh wait, hey, they're gonna they're gonna do all this stuff. That great run that first year. Yeah, yeah, and, and then all of a sudden, bang, man, the wheels just come all the way off, and yeah. you just don't know what that's you know, and and. Uh, and he's a great guy. I'm, 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 I'm not cracking on him. I'm just saying, like, you just don't know what's going to happen. You don't know how your players are going to play for you. You don't know anything. And so right now, Patino's trending very well. Mm. Yeah. What we do know is it's an exciting time for Lobo basketball. So yeah. go out and get to the pit if you have not done so yet. Uh, thank you both for joining us this week. We want to end with where can people of New Mexico and beyond reach you guys? Twitter, email, Van, would you like to share first? Okay, so you can reach me always on Twitter at KRQE Sports, at KRQE Sports. And then you email too, you can uh, just my name, uh, van.tate at krqe.com. Okay. Jared? Yep, same with me. That's my email, jared.chester at krqe.com. On Twitter, I'm at jchester17. Okay. And yeah, there you go. All right. Well, thank you both again for being here. And uh, yeah, sounds like you guys got an exciting time ahead for this team. Yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's looking that way. I mean, it's, it's always fun. When it's good, right? Yeah, <laughs> lots yeah. of excitement. The excitement. struggle, always keeping it interesting when it's not good. We just be like calling each other, going like, "Oh, yeah." What you, know? you know what they say: winning, it's so much better than losing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. All right, we want to thank. Jared Chester and Van Tate of KRQE Sports for joining us this week. Hopefully this was an illuminating discussion about Lobo basketball. And, and I think we we thought to put this episode together just because it is a real big window into what is one of the things that is very important outside of just the day-to-day news headlines. Uh, it's very important to New Mexicans. So it's something that is uh, woven into the fabric of daily life here, especially when the team is good. Oh, yeah. And I think if you've been, well, for me at least, on my social media, you know, that map when the Lobos were undefeated was trending for a while. And it's just something everyone's talking about. It gets people excited. I'm a sports fan. I think, like I said, you know, sports is one of those unifying things. So outside of what we do in news, that's also appreciated. So Big thanks to those guys. We'll keep an eye on the Lobos as well. We will have another episode for you next week. In the meantime, you can reach out to us. As always, I'm at gabrielle.burkhard at krqe.com via email and gburknm on social media. I'm also at Chris McKee TV on social media. And then you can reach me on email, chris.mckee at krqe.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>